Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. And I'm really excited about today's show. We have uh, Evan Kostopoulos, and he's actually a former athlete, played soccer from Australia. I've checked out his social media, it looks fairly impressive. And now he's a current business owner at uh, York Hamilton Corporate Partners. So we're going to talk about, um, I love, like I said, I love athletes, military, I've had fighter pilots, uh, because these make the best entrepreneurs. So we're going to take the journey of an ex-pro footballer who's seen the highs and lows of pro sport and the startups in the world of business. And now he's a successful business owner, hear all about his journey. So Evan, welcome. Hey, Christopher, thank you for having me. Yeah, I know, uh, you know, thanks to the audience, because I know it's 5am in Australia there. So, you know, kudos to you for (laughs) waking up uh, and showing up. Um, So kind of uh, tell the audience about your journey, uh, your, you know, pro footballer, um, and we'll go from there. Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah, it is it is early. You're killing my gym time, but it's all good. I'll go a bit later today. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so thanks thanks again. It's um I guess my journey's started from from sport. I've always been involved in sport the first, I'd say, twenty-five years of my life. Um, coming through the ranks, I started off having some stints in Europe. Obviously, I'm of European background. Greek, as you can see, my last name's got like thirty-eight letters in it. So <laughs> So I started there and then in my own city in, in, in Adelaide, Australia, which is located in South Australia, um, I played professionally there for a couple years and then I moved to Hong Kong um, and Southeast Asia towards the back end of my career and uh, it wasn't smooth. It wasn't smooth. It You know, unfortunately, I saw the, the highs and lows of sport, you know, dealt with some dodgy agents. Um you know, saw some corruption in sport, which is something you you might hear about from time to time, but until you're actually living it, it's a it's a strange ordeal. So, uh, I guess that's that's my my history in sport. I can go a lot deeper into the into the weeds of that if we need to, but I guess it just led me to um, come back home and and enter the business world, and you know that 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 was a journey in itself knowing nothing but sport for the first part of your life and having in your mind that that's all you will ever do. And then maybe after sport, you'll still be involved in sport, but it took a a different turn and it's taught me, I guess, where I am today. So yeah, currently uh, 
managing York Hamilton, which is a offshoring uh, staffing company uh, for Australian businesses, and it's going pretty well. Nice. So my question is, um, were you um, so were you? Is it all? Were you always um, planning to exit sport, or was it kind of like you realize this and because, um, like you know, most um, pro athletes they kind of want a longevity career you know but some like i recently heard this interview with joe montana and he's like he was a smart one he was like at some point his career is going to end you know uh he's taking hits from you know daily and you know he's got to find a way to financially survive so what was it for you of course of course uh, well, I guess I didn't plan to end so early. It was a little bit um, out of my control. Um, it, and I think it's really important. And, and you've just mentioned um, Joe Montana as a good example of, you know, your network and the people around you and the vi- advice you're, you're receiving, which I'm sure half of it is, you know, his own mindset, but also the people around him giving him good advice. F- for, for me, I guess I didn't have that advice. If anything, it wasn't even no advice. It was bad advice. Um you know, and, and sometimes agents or managers can lead you in a way that it, it's maybe not for your best interest and you're thinking for today, not for tomorrow. So I guess it was out of my control. And probably if I if I look now at, obviously I've been retired for a number of years now, but if I look, you know, I could technically still be playing. I'm not, I'm not that old. I'm only 33 still. So I technically would be at the back end of my career, but uh, I didn't plan to end so early. It is what it is. Um, you know, I guess that's this experience I can pass on to other young players, um, to, you know, my children if they head into sport. But I think it's, you know, great that some big athletes now are planning after sport because, you know, one day, as I mentioned, you're on top of the world and then the next day you're retired and you're back to square one. You don't have any experience in business. You don't know anything uh, maybe financially because you've had a team to look after it. You don't know anything legally because you've had a team to look after it. So you're coming into an unknown world where it's it's completely new to you. And the sooner you can get your hands into it or get sound advice, the, the better. Mm. Yeah, it's very similar to what's happening to physicians because, you know, for a long time, they were touted as job stability um, and, you know, these jobs are going to be around. But now hospitals are struggling and, you know, you know, prices are going out off the roof. And so, you know, a lot of people are, are concerned and, and worried. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's why, you know, financial literacy is so important. Um, one thing is uh, talking about, <clears throat> you know, there's correlations between athlete mindset and entrepreneurs. So you talk about turning setbacks into setups. Um, you know, t- tell us about resiliency. Yeah, so that's that's something I try and hold closely because as I, as I mentioned earlier, you know, you, you you're one day you're on top of the world and everyone loves you and you're doing really well and you're considered, um, you know, in the top percentage of of your field, and then suddenly you go into another life where it's like, okay, I'm a nobody now. <laughs> I need to start. I need to start from the very beginning. I don't know anything, and when I mean anything, I don't know anything i mean i as i was playing sport in asia i was studying um remotely a business management course which i didn't learn too much uh on because 
I don't think it was a <laughs> it was an informative course. Not nothing can teach you as well as the the real thing. So you're going into a world where it's just I don't know what to do here, and you have to start from scratch. I guess the first way I learnt, especially post my career, was I was involved in a number of different startups before York Hamilton came alive, and they were in a few different industries, um, entering a world as well with, you know, you're not making an income on some of these startups. So there's so many things you're just trying to work out, marketing, sales, accounting, legal side of things. Um, you know, the, the list goes on and you just need to literally start from scratch and learn one thing at a time. I mean, manufacturing was something I didn't even have any idea what, what the process was and we had to learn that so for me the resilience is is backed in sport because you know along with the good times there's times where you're not playing and you're you've just got to get through and you've got to push through or you're trialing and you're one out of you know 100 people that might get picked so you know you're taught the fundamentals of just keep going and something will, will eventually break open and now if i look back five six years ago maybe or maybe 10 years ago sorry that I'd be a business owner overlooking a few different departments, I'd laugh at you. But, you know, I, I guess I, I put my head down and got the, the right advice as well, which is very important because you don't know everything and you might not learn everything. And who's better to teach you than those who have done it before you? So sound advice is, is really important as well. But, you know, at the end of the day, resilience is a key word that you have to actually put in the time because, I think people have an image, especially athletes, that it's going to be wonderful and then everyone will still, you know, just throw business at them because they remember them as an athlete. But the reality is that the day you retire, everyone forgets, um, you know, yeah. and, you start from, and you start from scratch. So, yeah, that's, yeah, resilience is, is the most important thing along with, you know, getting the right advice, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, I love that resiliency. We talked about getting and... um one thing that is, uh, you know, talking about is um, this identity. And um, they say that, you know, success is not guaranteed. Basically, you have to pay your rent every day for success. You have to, you know, and um, it's not like owner. You don't own. Nobody's entitled to success. And you have to. So talk about this because uh, a lot of doctors, they practice or whatever. Let's say um, they get fired or economy or, you know, something and they have they built up this persona that they're a surgeon or they're a doctor, and then they have to reinvent themselves. Talk about that from an athlete standpoint, because it's very similar. Yeah, great question. It is it is a real struggle um, because you're literally becoming a new person because you know your your lifestyle is different, your job's different, you know your identity. It's like exactly the you know, who am I? Who, who, I don't know who I am anymore. I've got to literally make a new person who knows nothing. It's like when you start playing sport or you start school where you just, everything is unknown to you. And it is extremely challenging. And it's something um, which, which I hold close to my chest because actually when I retired, I was uh, in a sports agency that we started for a few years simply to guide young athletes to have that support network, which I don't think really exists that, that, that strong. So, and, and that's the reason, you know, especially if you look at the rates of depression, anxiety, stress, um, 
post an athlete's career or most careers, you know, professional careers, it's extremely high. Um, And the identity is one of the main things that I think, because it's no one's telling you, okay. um, And whatever the advice may be, I don't know, but an example would be like, okay, you know, we need to really just close that book. It was an amazing experience. It was who you are, but you know, you can't be a pro athlete until you're 85 years old. You can't be an actor until you're 85 or you can, but the chances are you won't be, Um, you know, there might be a day in your, you know, profession, whatever it may be that, that it's going to come to an end. Sport is, um, I guess, the top of that funnel because it's going to end a lot earlier, you know, because of the physical limitations you'll have. So I don't think there's enough advice around, you know, real guidance to say, okay, let's close that chapter. Let's move on. Let's reinvent who we really are. What is your true purpose? What is your true goals and aspirations? You know, who do you want to be? Because until you sit back and look at it, you're still acting as if, well, I'm an athlete who's now an entrepreneur business owner because everyone's got this persona of I can be like these big athletes who have brands and businesses and hotels. But the reality is that's not who they are either. They've got a team. They're at a level where they're not not even actually doing anything. But when you're starting from the bottom with no money or minimal money, no team around you, you know, you're really struggling to find out who you are and the direction you're going in. And for me, it was the biggest challenge as well because for a few years, I didn't even know. I think I worked out and I got over the fact that, okay, I'm not an athlete anymore. I need to do X, Y, Z. I still didn't know what direction of X, Y, Z I was going in. I didn't know if I was going to get involved in a a startup. I didn't know if I was going to be a player agent. I didn't know if I was going to get into business uh, in, in another aspect. I didn't know if I was just going to go work retail. I don't I had no idea what my future was. And I think that is the scariest thing because for so long, and I still see that in some people who retired a similar time as I did. It's like, well, someone just needs to shake you out of it and say, well, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? What What are you passionate about? What are you really going to make a difference in? Um, you can't hold on to, I'm an athlete, I'm an ex-athlete, I'm a former pro the truth is that that's not important anymore. It's a good part. It's good. You know, there's good tools to bring across into business. There's mm. good, um, good memories, you know, but that's where it ends for me, I think. And you need to find who you are. If I, if I thought I'd be involved in what I'm involved in now, I'd, 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 I'd laugh, but it's just where the world took me and, you know, I wouldn't, I don't regret it at all. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Um, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, that's what it was a lot of gems of wisdom. Uh, and again, a lot of doctors, they get caught up in this ego and this identity. They've built it up and, you know, it's time to move on, reinvent yourself, find a new purpose. Um, the other question is, uh, so um, what, uh, what led you to start your Camelton and, um, and kind of talk about, I love how you're, advocating for literacy and getting the younger generation prepared and kind of understand the reality so that, you know, um, and, and what led you to start it and what do you wish you could do differently? Yeah. So to lead on with the identity crisis that I had for definitely a while, you know, for so long I was doing multiple things. I didn't know what I was going to do. Um, And I guess 
at one point I had to, you know, identify that, well, I can't do 10 different things as much as everyone wants to be an entrepreneur off the start line. You can't be, um, I, guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess, to be honest, it is in my nature. I do run a few things now and I can handle it, but I don't do it myself. I have some teams to help me. Um, but at the time I identified that, okay, I'm helping young athletes. I'm helping my wife with her shop, which I'll explain in a second. I'm uh, involved in a few startups. I was doing e-commerce. I was doing so many things because I didn't know what I was going to do and who I was. Mm. So something ticked, ticked one day and I decided, okay, I have to just pick something and focus on that, get that really working, and then maybe I can go back to um, multiple things because – I think that's exciting too, you know, having a, another project if you can handle it. And your Camelton, I did have some previous experiences with offshoring when I was living in Hong Kong. I was exposed to it through the business owner of the team at the time. Uh, sorry, the, the chairman of the team at the time. Um, and I sort of left it in the back of my mind. Then coming back to Australia, I was also introduced to it again. And the first place we... I thought we'd introduced it to was my wife's business, um, which I thought um, needed some assistance. It mm -hmm. turned out to go really well. Um, and I started just literally referring people to offshoring. And when I say offshoring, so it's uh, remote staff in the Philippines or South Africa or uh, Vietnam um, mm. Singapore who work for companies in australia or the us or canada or you know, hong kong for example so you know it's a global thing which i'm sure you would have heard of um and yeah it was going really well um and i decided one day i wanted to do it a little bit better i i, I thought it was really good but it still had a poor stigma within the industry hmm. and something in my head lit up i said okay if we do this right we'll stand out because it does have a bad stigma Communication needs to improve. Security levels need to improve. The quality of the staff need to improve. And I think we're doing a pretty good job. We've we've grown, um, you know, really, really well in the last couple of years. And I, you know, referrals by referrals alone, we haven't even started marketing. As you, as I said to you, this is we're just starting to go public now, getting on podcasts, starting a bit of marketing, um, mm -hmm. getting live. Up until this this stage, we've just literally been working the system. And yeah, I guess for me, I was passionate about helping business owners who are stressed and taking everything on themselves. So, um, and obviously there's a, there's a shortage of staff around the world, um, especially in Australia when it comes to specialty tasks. So there was a bit of a passion connection there as well. And I thought, okay, if we can optimize and automate processes, have staff offshore doing a lot more of the, of the, of the work as well, we could really have a, some freedom for business owners so i guess that was my passion being in a european family you, you know you see how hard they worked and how stressed our fathers and mothers and uncles are um but the times you know times have changed you don't have to you know do 16 hour days anymore you can really optimize be efficient um you know and the the demographic of business has changed as well you know you need to really um change the way you're thinking about business so for me, I, I feel I had a, a knack for that. Um, I'm very systems and operations driven, so that's my strong point. There's still many areas that I work on or I get advice on that I'm not great at, 
but um, I think so far we're doing a good job. Yeah, yeah, very fascinating. Um, so then uh, one thing is uh, talking about is, um, you know, you, you did the transition and, um, you know, you discovered your passion and um, you're good at what you do. Um, what, uh, what's been the most challenging and what's the number one habit you think a small business owner needs to develop and maintain, you know, from, um, from athlete standpoint? The most challenging thing is the unknown. Like every day, you know, you, you sit, for example, with your bookkeeper or accountant and you're like, okay, well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> or you sit, <laughs> or you sit with your recruitment team and you say, okay, well, I've got to, we've got to work out a way to get more candidates, good qualified candidates coming in. How are we going to do that? We need to collect payments from Australian staff. We, need, we then need to get those payments and transfer them to the offshore staff. How are we going to do that? Uh, we have a legal, um, uh, not barrier, but we need to add these legal documentation into our contracts to make sure, how do we do that? Little things like, you know, seeking a lawyer and um, understanding a little payment discrepancy on a, on a spreadsheet. When you don't know what that is, is overwhelming <laughs> because... You, you there's so much running in your head you're not just doing that one thing you're starting a business where you may be strong in one out of 10 different areas and every yeah. day you're learning something new you're reading a new book you're like okay now i need to know more about numbers i need to ring up read a few business accounting books or business finance books okay recruitment i need to find someone who can tell me more about recruitment. We're in the recruitment industry technically. We're find, trying to find the best people. How do I create a system, which we created from scratch, a system that pinpoints the best talent for that job based on the input and the requirements? At the start, yeah. I didn't even know where to look. I was Googling recruitment software. Um, <laughs> so for me, the scariest thing is the unknown and the hardest thing is to just jump in and start. Yeah. For me, that is the hardest thing. And the back end, to answer the back end of your question, for me, the most important thing, and there's probably a few different things, but humility is really important to mm. drop your ego and understand mm -hmm. that I don't know anything. I need to ask advice. I need to be vulnerable, to be open that, you know, it's a hard question sometimes just to sit with the account accountant and say, well, I don't know what that means. Can you explain it to me? Yeah. yeah, our whole life we're taught in sport, for example, and, and, and business or <laughs> elite business that you are the best and you need your ego because that's where your confidence comes from and self-esteem, blah, blah, blah. For yeah. me, when you're starting fresh, that shouldn't exist. You're coming with full humility that you know nothing. And that for me is the most important thing, but also the hardest thing to do because you know, everyone's walking, away, walking around today with an ego. Everyone wants to show who they are, have their Instagram account blaring and TikTok. And, and the reality is, you know, you're starting from scratch. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. You know, one of uh, – because I, 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 I train with Olympic, um, you know, champions. I, I never made the Olympic, but it was great being around them because um, they uh, – even after, uh, you know, one gold medal – you know they at the next they were the next day they were preparing for the next olympics and they said there's you know there's no guarantee they have to come in you know still hungry still like the underdog and 
And uh, when you're at the pinnacle, everybody's gunning for you. So it's even harder. So, um, and then, uh, yeah, just really fascinating. I like I said, I love talking to athletes because they have a really different mindset and, you know, very, a lot of uh, successful entrepreneurs are former athletes or military. Um, how can, oh, one, one last question is this idea of automation and artificial intelligence. That's like the new buzzword, artificial intelligence. You have truths and myths. I'm curious to get that before we call it a day. Yeah, I think I think it's there's a lot of buzzwords being thrown out in the world at the moment with AI. Everyone loves saying AI and <laughs> writing about AI and talking about AI, which is which is great. Um, and there's definitely areas of AI that are amazing, and you know you can automate your business with AI. You know, in in a number of different ways. But for me, when I when I see automation, automation is to have a really clear process that sometimes doesn't need to be complex you know if you if you go to france for example um or italy and you go to a cafe they have an amazing process they know exactly what to do every step of the way mm. and everything is written with paper and pen but they know what is the next step okay the next step is that okay um this person's going to go and take the order this other person is going to pour the glasses of water who might be, you know, a, you know, a new guy. Then they're going to get that piece of paper, give it to the person who you know, runs the cafe. That person is going to instruct the coffee maker to mm -hmm. make what he needs to make. The paper comes back to the till. The till turns into a, uh, an, a receipt, uh, an invoice. Invoice goes back to the table. Owner comes out. Owner, you know, asks everything is good. Are you happy? And if you look at this process they have, it's on paper and pen. It's a very simple where I think now we look at, okay, everything needs to be like on chat GBT and <laughs> AI generated and we need a plug-in for this tool to talk to that tool. And I think for me that is, when I say myth, it's not a myth. It is true. It's there. But I think it's a myth that that's going to change your life and your business. And um, AI, if you talk, if you spend two days learning AI, you're going to transform your whole business and you'll never have to work again. For me, that's a misconception. It's not reality. Um, AI cannot change your whole business. And for me, companies and clients who we speak to every day, um, because we do understand this stuff somewhat, it's more so our, our direction is bring it back to the basics. You know, you can have an amazing business still running on old school tools, but the process of how you do things is more important than the tool that you do it on. Where everyone talking AI is talking more so about the tool that you're doing it on. Of course, you can draft a really quick email with ChatGPT and create a report. And, you know, you can actually build a business on ChatGPT with the guidelines of, chat, of, of AI, um, but it's just pulling the data now which has been oversaturated. <laughs> so, you know, I wouldn't take advice of getting on ChatGPT and saying how to build a business and literally following it word for word. For me, it's humbling yourself, bring yourself back to basics, have, get sound advice, learn yourself off, you know, different methods of, you know, whether it's expertise in business, podcasts or videos or someone you know, an experienced business owner. And then, follow a process 
As simple as yeah. that. I think we overcomplicate it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I love that. I love your practical um, – I love how you, you're very level-headed and you don't get caught up in the hype or the narrative. You kind of evaluate it, you know, just like an athlete. And um, so how can people contact you, follow you, check out your company, et cetera? Yeah, so I can be visited at yourcamelton.com um, with, with, with our business needs. Um, personally, I can be contacted on Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn. I don't um, use them that much anymore. <laughs> I, uh, I, try and keep a, I try and keep a low personal profile. Um, yeah. it's, it's just who I am. I'm a bit, bit more introverted in that aspect. I don't want to post everything in my life or boast about um, being an entrepreneur or anything. So, But I can still be contacted. Love to have a chat. Love to um, speak to other business owners, both personally and professionally, whether it's through myself or through your Camelton as a business and maybe we can provide some some needs um, or just learn about your business. It's always good to speak to as many different people in different um, directions to see, you know, what, you know, what can you take from them? What can they take from you? And you can, can you help each other? That's, that's the nature of life. You know, it's not always just what can I get? It's what also can I give. Yeah. 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 I love that. I love, uh, like I said, um, I love your level headed, your uh, humbleness, you know, practicality. And um, so well said um, for all the audience out there, let's thank um, Evan for coming onto the show, dropping really uh, nuggets of wisdom from a pro athlete and all of his resources will be on links in show notes. And thanks so much for coming onto the podcast. Thanks so much, Chris. It's a pleasure. Hope uh, everything goes well and I'm sure we'll talk soon. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults, with zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week